Hello, world. Welcome back to the Ignited 42 podcast with Bobby, Steve, Will is joining us, and Chaplain Lynn from Fort Huachuca. He is the family life chaplain on Fort Huachuca. He has been working on a program that we're pretty excited that he's shared with us, and uh, we hope that uh, you guys are able to get a glimpse into what is coming because this is going to be a podcast that's kind of an overview of this program, but we plan on going in depth in some future podcasts. So it has been a crazy week though. <laughs> it is. So, so, Easter week. Dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> Easter week. So this is the Saturday before Easter. You know, this is going to drop on Wednesday after Easter, but Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, bringing this up, I mean, what a gr- good timing. Yeah. I mean, look at the scope of what we're about to talk about. It's going to be right on point on continuing yeah. the the rebirth right. uh, for all of us. For sure. Dude. Amen. Excited. So, so, <laughs> so without further ado, I guess. Yeah. Chaplain Lynn. <laughs> Well, it's uh, absolutely privileged to be here. So excited. Uh, as you said, Steve, I'm family life chaplain at Fort Chuka. And so I've been given permission, in a sense, to come and uh, be, participate uh, in this podcast as uh, an outreach uh, from the, the fort and from the post, uh, coordinated through our public affairs office. So excited about that. And this is definitely an army program that has gone, uh, in a lot of ways army wide and has, has been moving out through, uh, our installation through various units that have had the opportunity to, to participate in this. And, uh, so this Tuesday, I'll, uh, be able to brief through our, Suicide uh, Prevention Manager, Suicide Awareness Prevention Manager, uh, Joanna Prince, to get on a Teams meeting and talk to all of the suicide uh, prevention managers throughout the Army about this program. So this is an incredible program that gets after prevention and uh, the challenge that we've been facing in the United States Army, which is a microcosm of the greater macrocosm of our American culture, uh, where suicidality is at astronomical proportions. And I think uh, I could rightly say, along with uh, sociologists and psychologists, that we are in a, a crisis of meaninglessness. Mm-hmm. And people have lost uh, their sense of meaning in life, that the architecture and the structures and the foundations of uh, historical knowledge that provides a civilization with uh, what it means to be human and to have purpose in life and and how that is fleshed out through relationships and what I would call belonging in life that gives us this superstructure of our meaning in life. Uh, and when we have a robust meaning in life, we uh, are going to be incredibly fulfilled and uh, our well-being is is going to be flourishing. Um, so that's kind of the start of it. I, so I, I, I'll start running with it. What's the name of the program? Yeah, so great. Uh, so the name of the program is called Pathfinder and ultimately... Uh, this is so applicable to every individual uh, in our culture. We like to say um, many, many people, probably about one, that it is statistically one third of our culture today uh, is defined by the sociologist as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, that there is no religion uh, being practiced. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has not uh, ever been a statistic that we've experienced in our country before, and this has uh, incredible implications. Um, so this is a program that gets at creating a new architecture of spirituality based on uh, really important categories that I've synthesized together and have made applicable through various processes. So what does this mean? <laughs> um so Pathfinder, this program can help everybody find a path uh, for meaning in life. And underneath meaning in life are the, the two pillars of purpose in life 
and belonging in life. But for us as Ignited Fortitude folks and everybody else who's around uh, listening to this podcast, the most important thing that, that is the feeder to purpose in life and belonging in life is our moral compass, is our spiritual values. And there's no doubt we know who we are uh and that that fills into a, uh, a positive self identity, which is another aspect of this program. Uh, and uh, so, meaning in life is the overall st- structure, followed by two pillars of uh, purpose and belonging in life, and then we have these things that uh, feed that as well, which I would call uh, you know sacred routines, which are our habits. Um, disciplines, rituals, traditions, and uh, the Latin word uh, religio means to bind. So these things, when we focus our habits, rituals, uh, disciplines, traditions on our purpose in life and our belonging in life, uh, it's going to be binding it together in in a, a much greater sense of strength. But this, these are also informed by our spiritual compass, right? So Pathfinder, what, um, what might be your path to find as you develop yourself, as you look at these things through uh, particular processes? We won't get into the processes today. I think we'll talk a little bit about the, the theory, but this is all evidence-based, um, so you can Google, you know, meaning in life, belonging in life, purpose in life, um, spiritual values, uh, positive self-identity or identity in, in individuals who, who uh, you, you can take a, um, different kinds of assessments about to, to figure out where you're at in, in this on a particular scale. And uh, those who have these things in life, but especially especially for us as we think about spiritual values, uh, statistically, and the evidence bears out this this is a science, especially from uh, one particular uh, researcher that has come online uh, in a really strong way. Her name is uh, Dr. Lisa Miller out of Columbia University, and people who've got a strong moral compass in life and are practicing their their religion. They uh, they have an eighty percent protective factor against suicidality, seventy uh, percent protective factors against high risk behaviors. So uh, doing things in the arena of of sexual ethics or or drugs and alcohol or things that uh, just could put people at risk, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is uh, another fifty to seventy percent uh, somewhere in there um, protective factor against anxiety and depression. Now, is that not an answer for our our present culture of meaninglessness today, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Pathfinder, how to find your path? If I could just uh, put my finger on one particular verse, that I think that is. Uh, that really brings this out for me and probably us as I think about a path and uh, the pathfinder. So Psalm 23, uh, verses 3 and 4, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I ask this question to uh, the folks that I do training with. I want you and, and, and even the listeners here today to just take a pause and, uh, and reflect on this. And, and this is the question so diagnostic that gets at this sense of um, meaninglessness, what it could mean if we are in a place in our life where we, we've hit that or potentially go there. So this is a question. If you were stuck on a desert island uh, and you had enough food to last you for the rest of your life, but you knew you were never going to get off, who are you? Who are you? That's a, it's difficult to even think about, right? Like it's difficult to try and imagine because so many of us define ourselves by work, by um, the things that we do in everyday life, as opposed to not having to do anything other than exist. Who are you? Right. Like, um, and that's a good question because, or good statement, because even 
thinking of that, most people that are on an, on an island, right? Their purpose is I got to get off this island so that I can go. But what you're asking is you're going to be stuck on this island for the rest of your life. Who are you? What are you going to do then? Yeah. And, and, and don't you feel that sense of who am I? Because everything is involved in the, in my, what I do and, um, and who I'm connected with. Uh, so I, I asked this question in my training, uh, about a week ago and, uh, some non-commissioned officers, one turned to the other and said, uh, I'd kill myself. Right. And the other said, uh, I was thinking the same thing. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So really this question gets at the, the, that sense, it brings us there without even having to get there. So we need meaning in life. Like we need oxygen Mm -hmm. and without those things, uh, we're not going to be able to breathe. And we may not uh, want to live. I, I really think we move into the realm of suicidal ideations like it caused those soldiers right there to have suicidal ideations. So uh, I think we get this idea, right? Um, the most important thing is uh, how we define ourselves in our relationship to a higher power to a transcendent God, to have a personal relationship with God. And I know for us, as we head into Easter weekend tomorrow, we are over there, you know, that defines us more than anything. So uh, I asked, asking that question in um, another, another training setting, um, you know, dead silence, no pun intended. And uh, the most senior leader who was a chaplain in that particular place, uh, he said, I'm not alone. God is with me. Mm. And to know that in our darkest hour, regardless of what our circumstances might be, that gives us the power to be resilient. Knowing that and knowing who that is, who we are in a connection. Yeah. Because there's, there, there is like this, uh, proverbial desert that people feel like they're in, right. Something changes, right. Their career changes or they get out of the military in that sense. Uh, somebody falls morally. Right. Yes. Right. Addiction. Yeah. Addiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they go back to it and, and they feel like they are on an Island that they're never going to get off of. Right. Especially, and I think like, especially like when there's some kind of, um, um, well, when you, when you mess up, when you do something wrong, you know what I mean? I think people feel like I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to get, things are never going to be made right. Not going to recover. Not going to recover. Not going to recover. Perfect. You know what I mean? And I think it's important to note that so many of those times, uh, we do, we do it to ourselves, right? It's thoughts and, and what, uh, I mean, we may be going way off a a different line here, but no, no, this is really important. This is huge. What we're called to do, right. As believers is come alongside those people, right? We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't treat them as outcasts. Hey, it's not on me to, to make sure that you, um, pay the consequence for your actions. It's on me to help lift you up and come alongside you and help guide you in the direction you, you should be going as a believer, right? Mm-hmm. In the worldly sense, it's like, Hey, you did it. You did the time or you did the crime. You do the yeah, time, right? Like, Hey, I'm not associated with you. And I think it's real easy for us sometimes to just step away from people and be like, Hey, well, it's that shame, right? Yeah. Or even like we talked about, Steve and I had a conversation with a soldier the other day is holding them accountable, right? Not, not outcasting them because of their decisions and and them actually searching for their meaning of life uh, currently and uh, holding them accountable. And he literally said, this is the first time I have been held accountable in what I'm doing in my life. So here we are exactly like said, the umbrella wise is, is what is the meaning of life? What am I doing? Who am I with? And like that chaplain said, I'm not alone. And that's the key purpose of Ignited Fortitude is letting everyone know that you are not alone. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
I want to piggy you back on Will. So uh, this is an armor of God coin, and I brought this today on purpose, right? <laughs> You're not alone, right? So uh, get a little mine's in my office. Yeah. yeah, I got mine in my pocket too. Awesome, oh, man. man! Check it out. I owe everybody drinks. <laughs> oh, you got us water. Yeah, he did. did. Armor of God, right here. Yeah, I did. Awesome. Man, so Will was coming to my office one day, and uh, we we're going to have a little chat, and uh, I thought I was going to be helping him out, right? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah. I helped him out because he helped me out. <laughs> and uh, you know, this, is, this was uh, like, I was raw. I was really, really raw. Um, we're pulling out of Afghanistan, and uh, a lot of emotions were going on there. And... Uh, I'm feeling it now too. Uh, and you know, this armor of God coin, uh, I gave out 500 of these to my soldiers actually in this unit, uh, two five Oh five when I was in Iraq. And, uh, when you're constantly giving out and you don't, and your well is dry, mm-hmm. um, and you have somebody come alongside of you, like, Will did for me on that day. Uh, it meant more to me than a general officer giving me his coin. And uh, where I keep this is the coin above all coins. I, it is the top shelf because this means more to me than any kind of achievement or anything else. Um, this belonging in life, this connection with others and people of faith that runs deeper than anything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that is, um, you know what? Will's really good about this too. Cause Will does this to everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, sure. he doesn't want to be recognized right now, but that's, that's true. But Will is, uh, has been an example for me in the aspect of, Hey, uh, when, when I had kind of fallen away a little bit after being saved and I mean, we talked about how I helped Will in his, in his time of, of need, um, which I wasn't even aware that I was really doing at the time, but he went and was like, Oh yeah, school of ministry. I'm going to sign up. And he signed up and not, he didn't say, Hey Steve, when you come and when you come, but I was like, man, like why I'm going to go back and do it too, you know? And then he all the time. So one of the things we talked about this week in Bible study is in Philippians where, where Paul prays for, uh, the Philippians all the time, right? Like all the time. I mean, he's clear about that in his message and he says like, like with love, right. And, um, we were kind of challenged by Benny who's been on the podcast to say, Hey, like, are you praying for the people you love? Are are you reaching out to them? Are you telling them? Because that's what Paul's doing. You tell him, Hey, I'm praying for you. I love you. And I will tell you this. Will is somebody who is an example of like, Hey, I love you. Like, doesn't even like out of nowhere, just, I love you. Like, cool. Like I needed that right now. And he does it to people he barely knows. And, um, it's a, it's an example for us to, for me as like, as I see him, like, I mean, we've been doing all these uh, events on post and I'm getting upset and, you know, I'm getting, getting angry and I'm, I'm like, man, why won't they just listen? You know? And, and like, just out of nowhere, we'll see somebody that was like asking if anybody needed water. He's like, Hey, I love you. Thank you. You know, like, thank you for what you're doing. And I'm like, all right, well, like, thanks for like mm, pouring salt in the wound right now. But you're right. I got to look at things differently, right? Salt and, and was it salt and salt and light? Salt, salt and light. Salt light, and that gives the purpose in life, right? Uh, and that's just mm. because the Lord has has blessed me to have the ability to engage, right, regardless of the situation. So I, I'm very blessed in that and outgoing, even though I truly liked to be alone, but, uh, it gives us that, yeah. that belonging. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely correct. That one NCO asked whether or not we need water and literally no one said anything to her. 
So it, you just you just felt her kind of being felt dejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I, I had a purpose here to get anyone water, and everyone ignored me. And so that's what Steve was talking about: is just fully engaged and take those opportunities. And I got beat up the last time when we went to the prophecy conference, and I didn't fully engage with that that waitress that day, and I had to mm-hmm. go search back for her, and she was off. So it, it was the Lord speaking to me, even though I it was in Bobby's. Yeah, correct. And I, I heard Bobby's voice, even though it was probably the Lord saying, we'll go back, go back, go back. <laughs> when I heard Bobby's voice. And uh, and it's important. You know, I, I get joy and pleasure from engaging folks like that because it gives me that opportunity to to speak, even if it's a sprinkle, as my deacon used to say back in the day was, you know, sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on folks from time to time and, and see where it, where it leads us. Real quick, with uh, with your uh, Pathfinder, two things that, you know, yeah. why did you... So this is a program that you came up with. It's not a program that's in the Army, correct? Correct. So that's my first question. Yeah. My second question is going to be, what have you seen? So how long have you been in the chaplaincy? Um, 16 years uh, as the United States Army chaplain. And so have you seen a difference between when you first started off in the chaplaincy to 16 years later? Uh, in regard to uh, suicidal ideation and completions, yes. So, um, in 2011, we had the highest rates of suicides in the Army, uh, and that is uh, greater than what was taking place after the Vietnam era. Uh, we're just coming out of Iraq at the time, and a uh, very difficult period for our force. Uh, then we had 2019. And we had 2020, and we had 2021, and 1920 and 21 surpassed 2011. Dang. Yeah. Each year? Each. Well, uh, 19 beat 11, 20 beat 19, 19 21 is right there. Yeah, 21 is higher than 19, but just a little bit lower than 21 or 20. 20. 20. Yeah. So uh, this is the crisis of meaninglessness, uh, and and it really comes from this erosion of of purpose or belonging. The mistakes are made. Uh, sometimes uh, we see this in the military, but it doesn't have to be in the military. Uh, you know, there's and when I say mistakes, you know, there's in a sense moral violations of of codes or. Uh, ethics, morals uh, of the of the law of God, and this has huge implications uh, if if this takes place within uh, the workforce, on the job, or in the home. And if somebody does something on the job where their their job is in jeopardy, then that quite honestly could mean their family is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is like collapsing these two pillars that are holding up the roof of uh, of the meaning in life. And and the question I ask uh, folks in the training, how can you diversify, develop and deepen your purpose in life and your belonging in life? Because if your purpose in life is thin and that's all you have is that one little thing that you see yourself doing and you might think that's what you're good at, but you're, you're not kind of growing yourself. And as disciples, uh, which means to be a learner, we ought to be in this mindset of, of I need to grow and I need to develop. So how can I develop, deepen and diversify myself? So it's kind of like, uh, if I was to only put all of my stocks in in the stock market on, let's just say, what's the uh, Bitcoin, right? Uh, you know, that's pretty high risk, right? Uh, I wouldn't want to do that. But if I did it with Coke, I did it with Procter Gamble, I did it with Tesla, you know, we know things that are going to go the long haul. So that's what I mean, deepen, diversify, and develop. Uh, and relationships, this is a big deal. Uh, this is a huge deal. So if uh, I can remember I, I had a soldier come in and uh, he was on a second marriage, second marriage is failing. Uh, and I asked him, so uh, do you have any friends that you could rely on? Zero friends, mm. no friends and uh, completely isolated. And uh, 
I have a slide in my slide deck when I can pull it up or anything like that, but it's, it, it allows a person to get a picture of themselves to see that when we are so thin and that pillar uh, is about to collapse, you're going to lose all your oxygen. It's going to take the wind out of your lungs and, and all kinds of thinking goes in the wrong direction. So we need friends. We, we need colleagues. We need people we could trust. We need to ultimately be uh, vulnerable with each other. And that word vulnerability is huge. Uh, it's not just for uh, to talk about in marriage and family therapy or psychological circles or something like that. We need this in in the church. We need this yeah. on the job. And, and what does that mean? It means I got your back. And you got my back. I know that if I need somebody in, in, in the program, so the, the belonging life, the particular process that is huge is so important. And this is, this is a challenge for our culture today that we are highly isolated people. I think the pandemic, um, exacerbated that, right? Um, but we're already going in that direction. And I think gaining traction to, uh, expand relationships is even more difficult to do. Uh, we're all online. We're online now, right? But uh, so I have people identify who are your top five um, potential friends that you can covenant with. You could say, you pick up the phone, go to them in person. <coughs> um, you know, I will have your back. I will have your best interest in mind. You have my best interest in mind. You're a person I believe that I could trust and be vulnerable to. And in in that midnight hour when I'm on the struggle bus, uh, I can count on you and you can count on me. And so when the wind is taken out of my lungs because of something that happens, uh, maybe that I do, or maybe it's something that I not, uh, that that happens to me. Sure. Like, you know, there's three things that I cover in the program. I call it the absurdity of life. Stuff that just happens that you had no control of. It were blindsided by this. I'm saying the C word, cancer, right? We have no control over that. A car accident, a pandemic, you know? Um, so what do you do with that? And that stuff could level us mm -hmm. if, especially, um, where we where we don't have our identity centered in God and our spiritual values. If it is only on those two pillars and and there isn't a spiritual foundation where there's connections that are vibrant and live and rich, uh, we're going to be susceptible to weakness. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if that makes sense at all. No, it what does. are you thinking about? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so this was one of my favorite parts of when I was looking at your program. Uh, when we sat down and talked about it, the, that covenant uh, relationship that you should have five people, five friends. Um, I think it's uh, especially difficult for men, right? Because we're talking about being vulnerable, right? We're talking about having that conversation, that awkward conversation about pornography, right? Like having, um, being honest with people in your life of the struggles that you're going through, where you fall short, where you're weak and hoping that that other person is going to hold you accountable in that situation. And, you know, there was, uh, when I had TikTok, there was like this TikTok trend going around that, uh, asking men, like, who do you turn to? And it was like hundreds of thousands, if not probably in the millions of men that just posted little videos, like, I don't do that. Like, we're not allowed to do that. We're allowed to have people to, to turn to. We're allowed to have help, you know? Um, so for men, I think it's especially important to recognize the importance of these relationships that you're, you're vulnerable, that you're going to be held accountable, but that you're also that same thing for that person. Right. And if you can't be that, if you can't do that, you're honest and you tell them like, Hey, I don't think I can help you in this situation. And, oh, and, really and, remove yourself so that way you're not trying to trying to be something you're not and lead somebody astray right lead somebody down the wrong path and um and i think because that's the sometimes where people won't be vulnerable right like if i come to you and i tell you something and over a course of time like i can kind of confide in you i'm like putting my feelers out and then you don't give me anything back like you don't reciprocate that you're not safe 
Right. You know what I mean? I th- and we do this in the military, right? Like yeah. we jab at each other all the time. Like if somebody can take the jabs that we're like giving each other and you know what I mean? That's how we know. Like, Hey, I know I can trust you because you're willing to take my sarcasm and criticism and you know what I mean? And, but those people that can't take that, they're like a weak link and you can't trust them. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't want to be stuck in a foxhole with them. You know what I'm saying? And I think like, I know Pastor Ryan that came on the podcast, him and I had a conversation after Robbie Zacharias fell and right. just trying to like understand like, dude, how does a, a a Christian leader fall in such a manner, you know? And, and him and I were talking about, him, I'm like, dude, straight up, like he had a bunch of yes men around him. Mm. And, and I said, dude, and him and I, like at this time we had, we had like, and I told him like, look, dude, you know me and, and him and I have always been really tight. Our, our, our wives are real tight. And I said, you have full permission in my life to check me, to tell me like, Hey dude, you need to, you need to be careful with, with this or whatever. Um, I said, and if I'm not listening, dude, you have full permission to go to my wife and tell her, you know what I'm saying? To tell her, tell your wife, to tell my wife, you know what I mean? Like, dude, and I'm giving you right now permission to do that. If I'm not listening and you're trying to tell me like, Hey bro, like stop that. Or, you know what I mean? Cause, um, when we started the podcast and when, even when we were doing, uh, the one on, on men to man up, it, there was a statistics where it was like, you know, like 75% of men, if they had somebody in their life, wouldn't commit adultery hmm. or wouldn't commit suicide hmm. or wouldn't walk out on their family. You hmm. know what I mean? Hmm. And it's like, just because of having somebody in their life, you know, and being able to hear like, you know, if I'm always talking bad about, you know, somebody, or if I'm always talking positive about another female, you guys, and you, you know what I mean? I've had the, the conversation with Ryan, but you guys are in my life too. You know what I mean? So you guys, the same thing, like, dude, why are we talking about, you know, so-and-so like you need to stop, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. you need to have that in the sense where it's like, dude, keep, keep me from going in the wrong direction to see it. Because once you get in, once you get entangled in that, now it's just going to, you're just trying to cover your tracks constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to the conversation we had this week with the, the soldier that, um, it's one of the soldiers I've talked about him before. We've been discipling him for about a year now, you know, and he's read the whole Bible. He's the one that talked to us about St. Dismas. Um, he had a, he had a situation in his life where, uh, he's facing some, some hard times with, uh, possible article 15 and, um, all, all these things that are happening. And when he, he came to Will and I and asked for a character reference letter. Right. Mm-hmm. And we initially, I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but like, send me your packet. Like what happened? Like what's going on? And he's, he's like, Oh, well, you know, the, the, the captain blew it out of proportion. It's not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. Well, when I read what was there, I was like, well, this isn't really being blown out of proportion. And in your statement, you admit that you did this. So, Hey, uh, and there was, it looked like there was, uh, some patterns in, in his life. So, me and Will, like, we sat down, we talked, we're like, I was like, man, we can't write this letter, you know, like, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to hold him accountable. We have to talk to him. And it was a difficult conversation. I'm not going to lie to bring somebody in, because, especially, uh, like, a friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a friend, but not like, not like what we do here, right? Like, I see you guys all the time, right? So to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who, is a friend, but is you don't know real well. And obviously I didn't know what was going on in his personal life during that discipleship time, but it was like, wow. Okay. So let's have this conversation. Like, Hey, I'm not judging you. I'm just as bad as you look like, this is what I've yeah. done. Like, but I can't write this letter because, uh, well, you know, I feel like I'd be sinning against my conscience. Paul, Paul tells us not to do that. Like, you know, there's things that we, those conversations aren't easy to have. And, but at the end of it, he sent us a message saying like, Hey, like, I don't think I've ever been held accountable. Like you guys held me accountable. And <laughs> like, that's, that's think about this. Cause you're honestly looking at the bigger picture, like legit, because you might think like, well, if I was being really loving, I would have given him the pass. But honestly, no, because you know what, if you would have been, you wouldn't have been thinking about him. You would have been thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. right? Cause you don't want to, cause Hey, I don't want to let him down one, right. two, guess what? He's going to get away with whatever happens if that's the case. And, and is he going to learn from it? Probably not. You know what I mean? For most, I mean, and, and so like the most loving thing you can do in that situation is like, look, dude, like, Hey, this might sever our relationship. This might sever anything that we have, but I love you too much. Hey, it's the same thing with the Lord, right? Hey, I love you too much to leave you the way that you are. I love you the way that you are, but I leave you too. I love you too much to leave you that way. And like, no. Yeah. And and that's what we did. We, we closed, we told them that I said, this is from straight love. 
where we're coming from. And it way it looked like he literally the following day he stopped by to pick up uh, a package for us. He looked different, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a positive sense. So, you know, going through this and understanding where Pathfinder is taking us and hopefully preventing those those end results that we're trying to prevent from what I'm seeing is that we gave him a belonging in life Mm -hmm. because he had Mm -hmm. two brothers literally said, okay, scripture tells us if you're not paying attention the first time, we're going to bring two or three. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to continue this until you get right Mm -hmm. and say, go find what you need to find and then come back because we're going to open arms and love you some more. Yeah, because there's a measure on what what you're guiding it off of. Correct. Exactly. So we had that standard. And we, I mean, until that that day, you know, uh, that my devotional talked about, uh, uh, totally spaced it now. (laughs) (laughs) But it talked about it. Correct. Correct. (laughs) You know, know, but it was, you know, it's just about, about just not being true and and like, you know, sin of the conscious and, and, and false testimony. Wasn't going to do that. Writing that character letter, you know. Then I'm I'm providing false testimony on something that is not honest, not God honest, because that's not me. Yeah. You know, looking back at Pathfinder, like what what you call them in your program is catastrophic life events, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where you, the the job, the DUI, the mm-hmm. you know the the things that are happening that is going to uh, affect both your purpose and belonging in life, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or just one, it could, it could affect just one, but generally speaking, like if you, if something's affecting your purpose in life, like you said, your belonging in life, if it's just your family or even, I mean, we talked about, you just brought up the, the fall of somebody, right? Like if that, if his purpose in life, you know, was, was affected, in his fall, there's also going to be that, that belonging in life yeah. that's going to be affected. And these catastrophic life events, whether they're, uh, that's that is the death of a loved one, you know, it, mm-hmm. like you said, like they have such a, an impact on us that, I, I mean, I kind of talked about it with my, when I, when I lost my dad, right? Like we put our, we put our, um, we try to find a way to cope. And, and generally I know for me, I I said, I was like, my way of coping was trying to help everybody else not caring about me. So I was going to that belonging side and saying like, Hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? You know, what can I do? Uh, Whereas I'm not trying to help myself at all. And Mm -hmm. I think like those catastrophic life events are the things that are going to you know, it could be almost anything because it depends on what you put your value in. Right. Like we talked about that, like mm-hmm. what, what's your value in if, if your values in, I'm a great video game person, right? Like then your PlayStation blows a, f- a fuse or something, you know, like that could be a catastrophic life Correct. event, yeah. right? No, like, yeah. Sure. Break like, a finger, break a thumb. Yeah. Like <laughs> you might not be able to use your fingers anymore. What, like this, so like there it's, what are you putting your value in? You know, if it's money and all of a sudden you lose it all, like, yeah. So, uh, the cool thing about, um, calling the program Pathfinder, uh, that it is a path for you to find or multiple paths because, um, this is something to be updated on a regular basis. We, we're changing all the time in a, in a developmental sense. So, uh, I'm 54. Uh, I'm not the same person that I was when I was 44, 34, 24, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's things that I have, there's passages of life that I have gone through with marriage, family, job, moving, and things of that nature. So, um, within the program itself, uh, we trying to have these, uh, what I would call meaning making markers, meaning making markers, uh, on your path or the multiple paths of life that we are following. Our meaning making markers are going to be changing throughout the developmental passages of life. So our relationships change. I'm, I'm going to retire soon. My, I'm about to, uh, uh, my, my family and I are going to be geographically separated until I can catch up with them later on in this year. And so in between, uh, my present and my future and for all of us, there's something that we would call that the social scientist psychologists call a meaning gap. So the gap between of who I want to be and who I am. 
And so, uh, and, and in between that gap, uh, usually there arises uh, stress, tremendous stress sometimes, uh, because uh, there is this uncertainty. And I think that's the buzzword of, of, uh, um, of 2020, 2021, 2022, uncertainty, right? So how do we, uh, become certain in life, right? Uh, in the midst of the challenges that, that go on, right? Uh, and how do we close the meaning gap? Uh, we know that in PCS transitions, uh, it's actually, and this actually comes from my, my wife's research. She, she did a, a doctoral program and, and the core of this really came from her research that in permanent change of stations, uh, PCS transitions when an army family moves from one place to another around the world, wherever, uh, we lose all of our meaning making markers in our life, the relationships on the job, uh, the location where our kids go to school have relationships with teachers, uh, with community people. Uh, the, the type of work that I do is going to change. So in between now and, and then wherever we're going to go, and that's just one particular example, that is a highly stressful event. So Pathfinder is a way to strengthen, strengthen the meaning making markers, especially with a person's spiritual core and the, uh, the thesis for my my wife's uh, doctoral dissertation was that if a person really dials into their um, their religio those those habits disciplines rituals traditions that becomes the meaning making marker to help us get, uh, get over that gap. It's going to be God. God is going to fill that gap, and for us. Um, you know, I talked about the absurdity of life or suffering in life or, uh, injustice in life. That's just, as a human being, that's going to come no matter what. I think it was in, uh, the movie Princess Bride. I think, uh, I forget the main character, but he says to Princess Buttercup, life is pain, right? <laughs> life is pain. So how do we gap the pain? How do we overcome the gap of pain? Mm-hmm. You know, so this is kind of comprehensive as we're looking at belonging in life more so today than anybody else. Uh, but uh, Jesus uh, would say, take up your cross mm-hmm. and follow me. Mm-hmm. If anybody come after me and, and following the Lord in our pain, uh, there's a, there's a connection, a spiritual connection that somehow helps us, uh, be able to gap it because we know that he's there with us. And, uh, I think that's really important. Yeah. Kind of getting back into meaning making markers and what you guys were especially talking about in relationships, that those relationships change in life. Um, doesn't mean, they're not going to be significant, but the ability to connect with certain people because of distances could be really, really challenging. So I'll get theoretical real quick, and this is the science behind relationships. So, and this is huge to get on the table. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Dunbar, um, Dr. Dunbar. He came up with this idea called the Dunbar circle, right? So in the middle of the circle, there's concentric circles. You have intimate partner relationships. Then you have three to five best friends, right? Then you have uh, 12 to 15 uh, people who he calls uh, are your sympathy group. You can lean on them, but they're not your close friends. Mm-hmm. And then there's the tribe, which is uh, goes up to about 150 people. And tribe is just colloquial for what it is. You know, uh, that's that's your group. And, and, and the thing is, our brains can only handle about 150 relationships. doesn't matter if you got a million Twitter followers. You only could be friends with about 150 people, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. In real life, we can't do it. Um, so who are we going to choose to be those three to five best friends when our life is changing? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we have to really be intentional uh, in order to be healthy about these kinds of things. And I just kind of want to get that on the table. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think it's important to to recognize that because 
for believers or even people who are like walking that, that line of, I believe, but I'm not really involved or I might go to church or so it, like, where are you at? Like with, um, what tribe do you belong to? Right. So if you're coming to church only on Sundays, you're not doing anything else. Not, and we know that's not what saves us. Right. Like, but the people you're associating with are the people that are going to determine what's happening in your life. Right. If I'm, if I'm coming to church, let's say I'm doing all the serving things, the, the doing Bible study, coming to church every time we have a service, all that kind of stuff. But then when I leave here, I go hang out with a bunch of guys at a strip club and those are my close friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what, what life am I really living and what tribe do I really belong to? So, yeah. you know, I think identifying that and picking those like you said, picking the right three to five friends that are going to hold you accountable, right? Like if, if I'm coming here, hanging out with you guys today, and then I leave here, go to the strip club with these other guys, you guys might hold me accountable, but you don't know what I'm doing. So I'm out here with these guys. These are the guys I picked as my three to five, you know, I know You're, what you drive. Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll come get you. I'll come get you. I'll come get you. You won't see it in the no, strip club. But, no, but it's yeah. true. You're accountable. Because there you go. It, it is that tri- your belonging, right? Yep. You're yeah. belonging to. Because right. even though you might associate with people. That doesn't necessarily mean that's your tribe. Yeah, right? that's, right. that's your tribe. You so, but, you know, I think it's great, great, great that, you know, here we are talking about, you know, you, you have this program for for suicidal prevention you know, how, how, how yeah. do we prevent it? And I mean, think about what you, what you're saying. And I mean, it's obviously the church, you know what I mean? And, and it yeah. like, like, what yeah. we belong to, what is it? You know what I mean? Where are you going to find your purpose at? Sure. And how are you going to have people that you can relate to? Cause even like, let's say you guys are going to PCS, right? You guys are yeah. going to leave yeah. and, and take it. It's going to take a while for the kids to get, you know, in, oh, in a good group of people with, whether it's school or, you know, for, you know, your wife to find a, a close group of friends, you know what I mean? But when you go to the church, you're like, you know, like, Hey, you know what? We're all in the several, same level playing field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we went to Cuba a couple of years ago and, and did some ministry work in Cuba and you go there and it's like, it's family. Like legit. It was, it was like family. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't this awkward, like, Oh, I don't know how it is. Like heartwarming. And like, we know why you're here. You're here for a purpose. You're here mm-hmm. to do something. We, we share the same purpose. You know what I mean? And so like, it, it, it literally felt like it was family. You know what I mean? As opposed to going to another place and doing something and then it's weird and awkward. Well, I think that's also a challenge for the church too, right? Like, are, yeah, are we being that? Are we, like when people show up here, are we wel- welcoming them and being the, the people that um, can can that they can feel comfortable around and feel welcomed and like, Hey, okay. Yeah. You know, pastor Bobby, he was real nice. He was, he gave me his phone number and you know, all these types of things that, that a lot of the times I know in my personal experience, when I showed up at a church, it was like looking at me, like, who's the new guy, you know, like, yeah. like, why is he here? Like, you know, who is that? And, and then running into those same people outside of the church and they're not doing living sure, sure. what they were just doing in, in the church, right? Like, I, I agree. or, or learning. So, I mean, as much as this is about suicide prevention and if you're experiencing those, those catastrophic life events uh, or just life events events in general that, I mean, I think a, a retirement and moving across the country, I think that could be considered a catastrophic life event. Um, I mean, yeah. I know when I went through it, it was yeah. pretty difficult. Um, and it led to some, some crazy things in my life, but the, but not only that, like, Hey, if you're listening to this and you, you have all these things, right. You have the purpose in life, the belonging in life, meaning in life, you should be able to recognize when somebody's going through a catastrophic life event and pull them in. Right. That's so key. That's, that's what this does at an educational level. It, it will help you for yourself become really aware. This is the category of my life where, uh, I potentially need to grow this one or this one and uh, how that feeds into how I feel about life. Right. So educational for me, educational for other people. You're looking around to, to the left or to the right. OK, I can identify. I know that that person is going to be on the struggle bus based on the situation. So uh, I'm I'm going to lean forward and reach out to that person. This is uh, really great for that kind of awareness. 
Yeah, and that's hard, man, because I know, you know, just recently some people going through some stuff and reaching out, you know, and like, what am I going to say in this situation? How am I going to, mm. how am I going to put it? And, you know, and it, and, and like, you know, one individual I reached out, I was like, Hey, I know you're going through a lot. You want to go to the gym? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I know he's a, you know, he's a gym body. So it's like, Hey, yeah. you want to go to the gym? Like you don't need to talk. You don't need to explain anything. Let's just go throw some weight up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and he, he gave me like a very, like, you know, thanks buddy. You know what I mean? And he didn't reach out, but it's like, you know, that's, I think that's a part of the problem too, where it's like, and I know before I even reached out, it's like, he's probably not going to even want to do anything. You know what I mean? And it, but you know what? My responsibility is to do what I'm supposed to be doing because I don't want to drop the ball in the situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think like, even to what you said, Steve, like there's a difference between going to church and then being the church. Right. And I think that's where we, where we lose it. You know what I mean? And I think it's, there's a difference between, you know, like wanting to have friends and actually being a friend. Yeah. So I can, I, I know that I've dropped the ball in the past and uh, I wasn't fully aware. I actually, this is years ago, but uh, a really good friend um, reached out to me and was vulnerable and shared some things that he was going through. He was in a, another state. Uh, I was super, super busy, right? Uh, no excuse, whatever. Um, but uh, he was in a predicament and I really didn't under fully understand and realize the depth of his predicament that he shared with me. And he ended up leaving his wife. And, uh, after the fact, I was like, wow, Paul, get a clue, man. I didn't. So we connected, um, a couple of times. Actually, I had so much respect for this person. I never thought in a million years that this person, this was a long, long time ago, that would do that thing. And, uh, I'm a smarter person for that now. And I'll definitely, you know what? Sometimes I, I think we need to not take no for an answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just nudge a little bit more or, uh, just kind of hang on a little bit more, be patient a little bit more. And, uh, that, that could be the tipping point with some things. I kind of want to open up the aperture a little bit more and sure, try to come sure. back to this Dunbar Circle stuff in that 150 tribe as I was thinking about this. One other like key data point that I think is important to get on the table for for our listeners and thinking about tribe. So uh, in my in the research that my wife did, and it's come from universities, and she just pulled in and said, hey, this is really key for us, for the military, that that tribe actually has a greater protective factor than the intimate partner relationship. What do you mean? Somehow within the values of the tribe, if we know as a microcosm of a larger macrocosm of the 150, so to speak, uh, that's a little arbitrary, but the 150, would you say 150 people in at a church for our case, right? Um, that the regular uh, participation within that tribe and within the microcosm of the tribe, that there's a greater protective factor against catastrophic meaning loss than the lone pillar of the intimate partner relationship. An intimate partner relationship is one person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and if that intimate partner relationship um, starts to, uh, you know, crack, have weaknesses, crumble because of just the challenges that are gone with um, marriage and family, things like that. The protective factor of the tribe is there to lean on that. And, and I think in our culture today, I so many people are tribeless. They're, they're just floating out there. And, uh, well, they're around people, but they they don't belong to something, right? Right. They they belong to their phones. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're tri yeah they're tribe is their their social group. social media social yeah. anti social <laughs> group. You know what I mean? In that sense, yeah. You know, and even just think of that, like, because think about it, like, you know, if you're if you're in a situation, like, let's say it was with the spouse, and it was having to do with money, right? You guys know each other in a sense of like, look at how much we're hurting, what we're doing with this. Like, you know, we should really just, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, do something, you know, financially, like uh, cheat on our taxes or do something, you know what I mean? Do something, do something that you normally wouldn't do. But because you guys are in that situation, that intimate 
partner is willing to say, hey, you know what? Okay, yeah, like let's go ahead and do that. But if we were to come to a group of people and I'm like, dude, I think I'm going to have to cheat on my taxes because such and such and such, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You guys are going to be from a different perspective and say, dude, yeah. don't do that. You know what I mean? Don't do that here. We'll give you money or let's do, you know, whatever else we can do. Maybe we have an account. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's it's different in that situation because you guys are detached. And I think that if anything from the tribe, it's like it's easier to look at the bigger picture knowing that we stand for something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and you're detached because you're not in that situation. Like with that person, with their partner in a sense of, hey, we should do this because of – yeah, yeah. You bring different experiences onto the table to protect the individuals from doing harm to themselves or to their family, because that diversity, like we talked about in the 150 mm-hmm. uh, people, will give different experience and trials that they've been through. Mm-hmm. May not be the same trials, but mm-hmm. how they over came those because of the folks immediate that three to five helped them out. Now that 150 says. Okay. We don't, got give up, don't give up what you want for what you want right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, love that quote. I love that quote. That's awesome. That, that moral compass is yeah. what it comes Come back to. It right? does. It like, does. It's the shared values. Right. So yep. looking at that, like, it's like, well, if it's just me and Will, if, like, the, it, hey, we're going to, we're going to, put this away for right now. We're going to go this way. But the four of us, somebody's going to, I would hope would be like, no, get that compass back out. Like that's oh, yeah, not, yeah, that's sure. not, that's not what we're told to do. Correct. Like, Hey, let's, let's figure out a different way. And, uh, it's easier to get one person to follow than it is to get a group. Oh, yeah. Right. Time, like, so I think that, I mean, looking at this program, like just looking at all the, the different aspects of it, it, it's, meaningful on so many different levels. Yes, it will be a huge, have a huge impact on, on the, the suicide rate. I would, I would believe, I mean, based off what I'm seeing, like it's gonna, it's gonna help, but it's about just living life in general. Right. Like, and that's what it comes down to. It's like your, how you're going to live your life. And what your what your values in where your what your purpose is, and it all comes back to that meaning of life and how what is your meaning of life, right? If it's not in the right place, then well, but you are in a little bit harder of a predicament, right? Like it's easy for us ignited fortitude, you know what I mean? We got a big old cross as a T, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was you know Steve. Steve's like when we first had the logo, it was just you know, regular font. And he's like, yeah, but it doesn't like looking at this. I don't know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like how, how is it, how is when it was in regular font, when mm-hmm. the cross wasn't in ignited fortitude, just how, regular yeah, how is, how is this Christian related? How am I, how do I know that ignited fortitude is for Christ? Right. So, so in that sense, like it's easy for us to be on the podcast, talk about Christ, like it's Christ centered. This is exactly what you get. You're in a little bit harder of a predicament because the army is so vast that you have right. people that don't believe in God. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? They have a God, you know yeah. what I mean? Or they have spirituality, but they don't believe in Jesus. And you can't, you know, people have to be willing to come in. You can't, you can't. I'm, I'm assuming, right? In the army, you can't like say, "Hey, you have to." This is the or this is the only way. And even in this, like, you got somebody that's on the verge of suicide. Like, you're you're trying to find a, a, a point where you can connect with them. And if you know what I mean, like, if you're like, "Hey, well, you know what? Jesus is the only way." Although we know that's true, yeah, you know I mean? it puts them in a little bit sense because now you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not you're not paying attention to what I'm like. I'm about to. Yeah, take my life. Cliff. You, yep. you know what I mean. So, in a sense, for you, like, how do you, like, how do you tackle in the sense, like, your higher purpose, your higher meaning? Yeah. So, um, when I gave this brief in uh, downtown Manhattan uh, in January, February of this year, um, I was, you know, to be able to say that there is a God is an important is really, really important. Hey, we have it on our money, right? In God we trust. Um, and we can't be afraid to say that. The evidence now says how critical it is for our existence, for our personal well-being. So we can say that there's there's data out there that helps society, civilization to flourish. The absence of not having it in your life puts you in a detrimental, critical space without it. I'm just saying, you know, this is how it is. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to push it. I'd like to provide a couple of examples. 
for those who might be a public agnostic or public atheist, uh, in, in the army military, we say this, um, Hey, there's no atheists in foxhole. Some people say, um, I really don't like that statement. Yes, there is. Or, you know, that is really true. So, uh, we all know who Elon Musk is, right? You know, richest yeah. guy in the world, Tesla, SpaceX. It's pretty interesting. He says uh, he was caught on video one time right before a rocket was about to go up that he was sending up in space. And one of the rockets prior to, you know, exploded. We kind of know that. And, uh, you know, he's a public agnostic. And, and, and as that rocket was about to blast off, he said something to the effect, if there is... A higher out, a higher power out there in the world, in the universe. If you could help us today, let it be. You know, uh, somebody once said, "I don't believe in God, but I miss Him." Mm. And uh, I think, at an existential sense, everybody feels that. I was talking to somebody recently who's really struggling with alcohol, and they. Uh, are an agnostic, right? So, um, and they said something that was so um, experientially profound. Uh, That person said, I think I've come to the place in my mind, my heart, in my body that um, I realize there's a hole and I've been trying to fill it with alcohol. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to push uh, alcoholic anonymous AA, you know, I'm not saying that, but there is something here that we believe that is tried, tested and true, that there is a higher power that can help fill that void. And I talk about St. Augustine uh, in his book, The Confessions, he confesses it all. He tried everything and his famous words are, uh, my heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee, O God. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the ultimate meaning in life, is it not? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I, I think going back to what Bobby was saying, like the idea behind it is like maybe when you're teaching for the army, you don't say God, but you say like the, uh, oh, something higher. I mean, you know, other army instructors that like, Hey, we can't, we can't push God, but you know, so that's why, you know, spiritual, there's something, a higher power, you know, I mean, ultimately people believe something, right? Yeah. Whether it's, they believe that there's nothing, they believe something. So it's just making sure that, um, that when the opportunity presents itself, you push what the truth is yeah. and uh, not maybe not push, but you, you present the truth and let them, let them determine for themselves if that's going to be what they go with. Yeah. So what is the army doctrine tells you how to yeah. present this? So um, I, I didn't read army doctrine, doctrine regulation prior to in, in the past, but uh, we are protected. This is our first amendment, amendment rights. This is the constitution of the United States that we could be able to believe something and say something um, to power down and push our, our beliefs on other people is not right. But FM 7-22 talks about spiritual readiness. It says spirituality is often described as a sense of connection that gives meaning and purpose to a person's life. It is unique to each individual. The spiritual dimension applies to all people, whether religious or non-religious. Real quick, identifying one's purpose, core values, beliefs, identity, and life vision defines the spiritual dimension, these elements which define the essence of a person enabled to build inner strength and make meaning of experiences, behave ethically, preserve through challenges, and be resilient when faced with adversity, blah, 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 blah. That's what Pathfinder is. Mm-hmm. I just I just bring out these categories and provide some processes for people to do, and we'll look at those a little bit later and what those processes are. Well, I think that's a good point too, because even 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 if somebody gets to a place where there's like, you know what, I want to check out. Like, I don't want to be alive anymore. Like, there's something in your spirit that's telling you. Mm. You, 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 you yep. see what I'm saying? And like, it's lost. It's not there. You know what I mean? You're trying to reconnect, but you're, you're thinking like there's something that I need to do. And which is crazy. Cause you know, I've talked about it before where it's like, 
deep down at the core that is right. Like that's the only way I'm going to fix what's wrong. You know, you see it with Judas, right? You see it with Judas when, when he betrays Jesus, Mm. what's he want to do? Hey, I want to turn, return these 30 pieces of silver, right? Cause I want, I want to try to fix my wrong and he, Mm. and he can't do it. Mm. And then the priest, you know what I mean? In the temple, we're like, Whoa, we can't, we can't take this blood money. Mm. You know what I mean? Let's go buy something with it. Mm. Right. So like they go buy this plot of land because they can't, they can't associate with what they did. Mm. Right. So, and all you're trying to do is clean it up, clean it up. And what does Judas end up doing? He ends up hanging himself, killing himself, thinking that this is the ultimate way that I need to die. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Something does need to die. That was Jesus Christ. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was Jesus Christ. And we know that he is a fulfillment because that's the whole point of here we are at Easter. He raised from the dead, knowing that, hey, guess what? His death was sufficient enough to cleanse us from our sins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, I think that's awesome. I think that's the best place to stop right there. I think so, too. <laughs> I think and he's so coming too. into tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. Well, for everybody else, it was Sunday, but for us right now, it's tomorrow. Yeah, so. For sure. Yeah, we're at a we're at an hour five, fellas. Yeah, yeah. I mean we we have plenty more to keep going, but I think uh, we'll leave you guys in su- some suspense and get into it in future episodes. Yeah. So this is yeah this, this is going to be uh, a couple episodes coming. You know, might not be back to back for sure, but we're definitely going to have you know Paul back on and talk about awesome. more of this stuff. Is there anything before we do close? Anything that you really wanted to try to get get out? I think we cover. We hit the high points here. Okay. And yeah. So just to summarize it real quick, right? Like, hey, you know what? If you're struggling with this, if there, if you're, you know, whether you're a believer, you know what I mean? Or maybe you're listening to this and, and you're not, and you don't even, you're like, I don't, I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I believe in God. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to give them just a few things to just kind of summarize what we talked about to Sure. So, uh, I, when you were giving the example of Judas, uh, so he was well connected with the 12, right? Mm-hmm. He hung out with Jesus for, for three years as we understand it. And, uh, there was a betrayal, uh, he, for some money. So there was a, a ethical moral violation there. Uh, his purpose, uh, became non-existent and his belonging group became non-existent as he saw it because of his, because of his betrayal. And, uh, and as a result of that, he went into this mindset of catastrophic meaning loss. Uh, and so how important it is to um, diversify deep and develop your purpose in life, diversify deep in your belonging in life, but keep it informed and filled uh, with your moral compass and your spiritual values. You're going to be strong and you're going to have a great sense of meaning in life. So having friends, having meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God-centered. God and God-centered. God-centered, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well-centered. You know what? Just to close that off, because even, even as you were saying that, what did Peter do after? Because Peter denied Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And what did he do after he's waiting? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Jesus came back and what did he do? He went fishing. He went back to what he thought yeah. his purpose was going to be like. Hey, you know what? I might not have this, but I still, he went, he still went back to something. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He was still with the boys. Yeah. He didn't just go. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> I'm go back to like, I guess I'm like not, not fit for service. You know, and yeah. he's fishing, but who's with him? His boys are with him. Like, hey, dude, we're not going to leave you hanging, hmm. right? And 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 they're with him. So I think even that is a bigger picture of like, you yeah, know, that's, like that's who, a that's a really great who, illustration. Who, who are you going to be? You know what I mean? Are you gonna like? Because all those guys, all twelve of those guys, blew it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. So, you want to bring us out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we're, we're going another going. hour. We'll keep going. <laughs> we so, go. yeah. Paul, pray, pray sure. us out, please. <laughs> Grace God, thank you so much for Ignited for this podcast uh, and to be able to talk about these really important things, uh, to lift you up and to see you exalted, Lord, that you would receive honor and glory in our lives and around the world. Lord, in our military, as we are veterans who love our country and love the people who serve, We ask your blessing on this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.